my name is Caleb. I'm a marijuana addict. Um, really appreciate y'all asking me to speak and hooking all this up. Um, first time in the phone meetings, so sorry if I'm a little a little clunky, but I'm getting used to it. Um, yeah, so I'm just gonna share my experience, strength, and hope. Kind of what happened, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, again, I'm Caleb, I'm a marijuana addict. My sobriety date is April 27, 2019. Um, I have a sponsor and another fellowship. I have. Oh, I have two home groups, one in another fellowship and one in MA. Um, I sponsor other men in this program and in another fellowship. Um, and I have found a higher power that I have come to um, rely on and have faith in and talk to daily. Um, so it's kind of my qualification. Um, I so I'm from Richmond, Virginia, which some of y'all may know, some of y'all may not. Um, basically, it's a big town, small city is how some people like to describe it. Um, I knew a lot of the people. I know a lot of people in my town, and a lot of people knew me. Um, and so that kind of made for a smaller, tight knit community growing up. Um, and so my mom and dad were never really together. Um, I think they tried to make it work after I was born, but they were not. My dad had a lot of fears around like being a dad and not really wanting to take responsibility. And he didn't really understand what being a father was. And I think the idea of me kind of scared him a lot. Um, and so he kind of wasn't really in my life and my mom just kind of took me on. And so I grew up just kind of in this single parent household. Um, I still saw my dad pretty regularly. I'd see him every morning. He'd take me to school, but it was, we didn't really have like a great relationship. Um, and this will be kind of a common theme through my whole story, but basically from a very young age, I had this deep rooted idea that I just didn't fit in and that always kind of scared me, and I always looked to find ways to somehow fit in. Um, and, you know, I, I went to one of the, like, nicer elementary schools growing up, um, and all of my friends had, you know, both their parents, they were all, like, their parents had money, and they had, like, pets, and they had, you know, brothers and sisters, and crazy families and like all this stuff that I just like really wanted for myself but never really had um and so growing up I like at a very young age I always had this idea of like ah, I just don't really fit in um and so I for a while I think I always just tried to lean on like being just like kind of a jokester or just like being just kind of like funny and ignoring my problems in that way, um, finding people who did the same, but also looking to like kind of appease my friends who like had more money or like had good families. And I always spent a lot of time at their house because I didn't want people to really see where I was at and 
kind of understand what my life was like because, I mean, I didn't really understand it. Um, and so I also grew up um, like Catholic. My mom was Catholic. My dad was always like very anti-Catholic, um, which made for a pretty funny, like I would be with my mom and all um, all her family and we would always be going to church and then I'd hang out with my dad and his family and I would be like, like, oh, we're not saying grace at the dinner table. And I always thought it was kind of weird as a kid, but, you know, as I grow up and I kind of see that side of it, like I definitely understand it, but as a kid, it just didn't really make a lot of sense. But I grew up Catholic and also similarly as who I've already kind of mentioned, like I really didn't understand the church and how, like God made any sense at all in my life. Um, And, you know, I just wanted to like play my video games on Sunday morning. I didn't want to go to church and then we'd be in church and then, you know, you have to get dressed up and then like we drove there and then we're standing, we're sitting, we're standing, we're sitting, we're like shaking people's hands, we're kneeling, doing all this, this, that, and the other. And, you know, I thought all the stories in the Bible, I was just like, these are just like, fairy tales like the dude who went into the the fish mouth I was always like this is like make-believe why this doesn't seem real um as a kid you know and so I I grew up like having this idea that like well this like this small inclination that like it was kind of all not really real um but I kind of just like played the part because I knew that's what my mom wanted me to do and Looking back when I think I've always also been a people pleaser, um, especially with my parents, but definitely with other people, and we'll definitely get into that as my story progresses. Um, so, you know, like got through elementary school, um, just single mom life, and then I ended up, my mom met this dude who was this abusive alcoholic, but my mom really loved him, moved in with him. And that was kind of when my life really shifted. Um, I noticed a really big change in me. That was when I really started to get anxious. Um, I didn't really feel safe at home. I felt really uncomfortable a lot more. Um, I, like, feared for my own safety, my own emotional safety, my mom's safety, um, my grandmother's safety, and all these other things. And having to bear that weight as, like, a 10-year-old child you know, maybe in other cultures it makes sense, but to me it made no sense. None of my other friends had any idea of what that was like. Um, And again, kind of just drove this wedge between me and everyone else in the world. Um, And, you know, I, it's one thing to like not feel a part of that school, but it's a whole nother thing to not feel part of that school and also not feel a part of in your own home. Um, And, having those feelings, I think, really drove me to, like, this, to a really dark place. Um, I remember in middle school, like, writing out about, like, how I wanted to kill myself and this, that, and the other. Um, and, you know, I, I remember, like, looking back on it and talking to my mom about that recently, and she had no idea. Um, and it was kind of funny because it made me realize that my mom was just kind of, like, oblivious to what I was going through, like, And I got to middle school, and middle school, I was just getting bullied by a lot of people. I was, like, really small and just kind of the odd man out for sure. And, you know, people in my middle school were just kind of ruthless. Um, 
and I got, you know, went through a lot of shit there, and then I would, like, go through stuff at school, feel terrible, and then go home and feel even worse because I just didn't feel safe, and I would just hide up in my room, and, you know, I eventually found ways to kind of cope with these feelings, and that's kind of what I'm starting to get into now. Um, you know, I, I think first it all started with like playing video games. I really used that to escape from like the present moment and my feelings. Um, that really helped me as a kid to have some activity where I like my mind was moving, my body was kind of moving and I could just like be in my room and not to talk to anyone and just like be away from people. Um, And I really dove into that and, like, just being on the computer. And, you know, I also started, like, looking at porn as a kid pretty early and, like, that type of thing. Just, like, anything that I could use to get out of my own head and find somewhere else where I felt comfortable. Um, And really started to, like, utilize these things a bit more than, like, other people um, that I could see. Um, I mean, I look at people now that are my age and they probably are do the, do what I did then about the same amount. But I think being that age, like I would, it was definitely a bit different. Um, and, you know, still like feeling these feelings in middle school, just like not feeling a part of being really like confused, like couldn't really lean on any faith that I had because nothing in my faith made any sense to me. Um, And so finally I get to high school and I'm still, at this point, I think I'd been kicked out of my stepdad's house. Um, I had this huge blow up where he like kicked me out. Um, That's like a 14 year old, which I wasn't even doing anything. He just kicked me out. He was really drunk one night. Um, and that, like, was really cool. I really did not want to be there, and I think that really helped me, um, and that was, like, a good positive change, but still, like, having gone through all of this as a kid, um, you know, I, I hit this point where in high school, like, all my, not all my friends, but, like, there was that one friend group, and, they would always be like to the side doing something that like I didn't really know it almost like was like a fog of what it was um they would just kind of disappear and they would do something I didn't know what and then they would come back and they'd be kind of a bit different um and one day I remember hanging out I was like I had a crush on this girl and we were hanging out with this group and they pulled out like a, a backwood with a bunch of weed in it and I was like this crazy smell, like all, all these sensations and all this stuff. And I was so overwhelmed in the moment. I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, what's going on here? And then I think they were probably drinking too. Um, and I just kind of sat there and I was like, oh, this is like kind of, I was, I, it was this feeling of like being terrified, but also kind of like this mysterious atmosphere that I really wanted to like understand and be a part of. Um, and so I didn't smoke weed then, but next time I hung out with them, I went to, there was like, they had a party. We went and like bought beers at this spot that sold to underage kids and we went there and then 
walked to this party and by the time I got to the party I was already kind of like drunk and they were smoking weed and I was like tonight's gonna be the night I'm gonna get high and I did it and you know people kind of talk about like maybe it wasn't hitting on the first time but for me like that first night I was so excited and all these I probably didn't get high but I was just so everything was so cool I was so like it was something new. It was this new, exciting thing that to me had just been hidden in the shadows and finally come out. And I finally had this like tangible thing that I could do that made me feel different and got me out of my head and also made me feel a part of. I found this community of like kind of degenerates that like wanted to do this thing. And I just kind of latched onto them and we got you know, I started hanging out with them more. I started finding the kids at my high school that got high and also the ones who wanted a party. And I found my, I found my thing. And for a few months, life was really, really good. I was so excited. I remember talking to my cousins about it. And I was like, guys, this is so cool. Like y'all got to try this. Um, and, you know, they were like, oh, I don't know, like whatever. But in my mind, I was like, whatever, they just don't understand, like, this thing is so cool, and it just made so much sense to me, and everything just kind of started to click, like, you know, I think from my troubles as a kid, like, I had trouble eating, and weed in the beginning, like, I used to eat all the time, I would get really high and just, like, eat a lot, And so it helped with that, like it helped with like my sleep and almost like it helped with my anxiety. Like I remember a time when weed helped me with my anxiety. (laughs) Like to me, like looking back and I was like, wow, no wonder I love weed so much. Like for like a few months, it really, really worked. Like it did what I needed it to do. Um, And, you know, by the once I really started to like use it all the time and I got past this phase of like, it had this mysterious kind of thing. And I found places where I could kind of just like go away pretty easy and go and get high. Like it, it lost that kind of allure that it had. And it just kind of became a thing that I did. And it be, and then that started for me, I began to like want to party more. It's like, Oh, well, you know, weed doesn't really have the same effect. Maybe I'll go and get drunk more. Um, I started doing that. And then, like, pills kind of came into the equation. And I started taking pills and, like, all these things. I was like, and I was like, oh, well, this pill helps me with, like, my anxiety even more. Like, or drinking helps me, like, have a good time at a party. And so it was just, like, I found all these substances and I found so many different outlets for them and ways that I could use them. Um, and... I just kind of became this, like, yeah, like, let's do everything. Like, why not? And I found a group where everyone else wanted to do that. And finally, like, like I've already kind of said, like, I found my group and I found this place where, like, I found new friends and I felt extremely welcome with them. Like, they wanted me to get high with them. They wanted me to get drunk with them. They wanted me to go to parties with them. And I want to do that with them, too. And it was just like we had this great, bonding experience with all these things um and you know I 
looking back, I think in the moment, I really thought that they were like my, my true friends. But looking back on it, I think that it was more of just like we were just chasing these these highs and lows together, you know? Um, and so for the first maybe year, I would say, there was nothing really like that bad that happened. Um, everything just kind of went pretty smooth. Um, again, like all these issues I kind of had growing up, like were fixed. Um, I got into this kind of like toxic relationship with this girl in high school at around that same time. And when we broke up, like I had this thing that I could lean on. I was like, Oh, I can just get high. And so I had like any time. And I started to have these experiences where like kind of bad things were happening, but I was able to like cover up my feelings and cover up what was actually happening with me. Um, and so, you know, started getting into a habit of doing that. Um, but this like breakup really kind of like threw me for a whirl. Um, I also forgot to mention, like as a kid, I was, um, I don't mean to get kind of graphic and I won't get into many details, but I was sexually assaulted, um, and that also really kind of, that threw me off for another way that I'll definitely get into later, um, but in terms of relationships and stuff, like, it really messed me up, um, and I didn't really know how to have, like, good relationships and still kind of don't, but that's definitely something I'm working on, but again, I'll get to that later, but um, so I had this whole like relationship fallout kind of because of these things that this sexual assault kind of like gave me, um, and this anxiety that kind of came from that. And so I really dove in this whole, I had this whole summer where my mom had moved out. She had moved back in with my abusive stepdad. Um, and I just had this house to myself and I was just working like 40 hours, 50 hours a week. It's like some fast food place and I would go I would wake up I'd go there and work and I would come home and I'd get high and I wouldn't talk to anyone I would just like watch YouTube and just sit in my room all day and that was you know that was that summer and then I came back to school and I was like really excited to kind of see this girl because I was like oh maybe she'll want to like be my friend and she didn't and (laughs) so then I kind of went back to school and felt even worse um, because all hopes of that were kind of gone. And I also ended up moving in with my dad. And I I guess I kind of forgot to mention this, but my dad had a pretty integral part in me getting high for the first time. Um, I remember like going over to his house to stay at his house one night and he was like, I was probably freshman high school, like 14. And he was like, hey, so do you know anything about selling drugs? And I was like, I, I, I still thought at the time, like people rolled up the like leaf that you see, like five pointed leaf of weed. And they rolled that into like a piece of paper and smoked. And that's how people got high. Um, And so I was like, I have no idea. And he pulled out like this pound of weed. And he was like, well, if you know people who get high and you want to sell stuff to them, like I can help you out. And I was like, dude, I haven't even smoked before. And he was like, oh, well, never mind. And then later, once I had smoked and I went and talked to him about it, he was really excited. Um, 
And so then I ended up moving in with him like a year after, year or two after that. I'm living with him and it was, it was a nightmare. Um, it's just like, he kind of deals with things in the same way I do or did back then where I would just like stuff my emotions down with like substances and we living together was just a bad idea. And he like fronted me like a quarter pound of weed to sell to my friends. And I like, I had no interest in selling weed, but in my head, I was like, yeah, I'll sell weed. Like if you're giving me it, like, cool, sure, whatever, I'll do it. And then in the back of my mind, I was like, ah, but you know, I'm also just probably going to like, I'll just smoke a little bit. I smoke a little bit. And then I'll be like, I'm going to smoke some more. And next thing I know, I'm like, in a month, I'm like out of this like quarter pound of weed because I just smoked all of it. I maybe sold a little bit, but, and then he was like, all right, how's it going with like selling that, that, that stuff? And I was like, oh, it's going great. I'm like almost halfway through. And he was like, cool, how much money do you have? I'm like, 40 bucks. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? You should have like, like 500 bucks if you've gone through half. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And he was like, all right. And, you know, it ended up being this thing where like, I just kind of admitted to him eventually that I didn't sell any of it. And I just smoked all of it. And he was really pissed and like, obviously, but also like, you know, I was a fucking 16 year old who just wanted to get high. Like you give him a quarter pound of weed, he's just going to smoke weed. Um, and so that was kind of that, that whole living there in a nutshell, it just was pretty bad. But while I was there, I had one of my first kind of like bad experiences getting high where I like was out one night, that whole summer that I talked about where I'd like saved up, I just worked all, worked all summer, like got high. I saved up all this money to buy a car, to buy my first car, buy my first car, had it for like three months. And I would, one night I was hanging out with some friends and we got high and we were just kind of driving around. I dropped them off and I was like, you know, it'd be a great idea. I'm going to sleep in the back of my car in this park instead of going home. Don't know why that was a good idea, but in my mind, it was a fantastic idea. So I parked in this park, slept in the back of my car, woke up around like 4.30 a.m. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go home. And so I start driving home, and I get maybe halfway, and I I start kind of falling asleep, and I didn't even think anything of it because I was high, and I was just like, oh, you know, whatever. And next thing I know, I wake up, and my car is on its side, and I'm on the side of the road, and I get out. By some miracle, like, my side window was open. I was able to just crawl out of it. And I crawl out, and I'm on the side of the road. And I'm on this, like, basically side road where, like, no one is driving. It's, like, probably 5 o'clock at that point. No one's driving by, like, and then the cars that are, I would, like, try and point at them and be, like, please stop and help. But they're, like, just zooming by. And so I I felt, like, just this, this horrible feeling of just being trapped. And, like, I was, like, well, I'll just leave. I'll just leave the car and, like, walk home. But then I was like, no, I shouldn't do that. Like, if the cops find my car, like, they're going to come and fucking find me. And who knows what would happen then. So I just waited. 
and eventually like after I was like throwing up and crying enough this like off-duty cop car like sees me and pulls over calls it in and like cops come call my dad they find like I couldn't find my phone so I like couldn't get in touch with anyone I was really just trapped um and my dad comes and they like flip the car and they tow it over and like they didn't they didn't give me anything and I don't know how like I had all this paraphernalia in the back I definitely had weed in there like and then they just took the car and let me go like I didn't I wasn't impeding traffic or anything so they couldn't even really give me a ticket I I that situation still kind of blows my mind but um, but that was one of the first times where, like, I had this pretty bad consequence because I, to- I totaled the car, and it- and I spent three months just working every day to get this car, and just for me in, like, three months to just blow it. Um, and that one really threw me into, like, this pretty depressing spot um, and just getting high all the time. And I still had this quarter pound of weed that I was just smoking all the time. Um and so anyway, like get through that and, you know, get through my junior year. And then my senior year, like this, my grandmother had this like completely like out of the blue, just like basically died. Um, and I was really close to my grandmother. Like she helped me through a lot of times when I was, when we were living with my abusive stepdad. Um, and so you know, I, um, her passing was like really sad and really threw me off. And I think, you know, up till this point, like my vision of God had just slowly like diminished and diminished and diminished. And it hit this point where I was like, she was in the hospital, like still alive, but like on her deathbed. And I was like praying to God and crying like that. God, like bring her back, please. Like I need her in my life. And he didn't, and she died. And I, that was the moment where I just gave up on all of it. And I said, no, like, if you're not going to do this, this one thing for me, the one time I call on you to, like, do something for me, and you don't do it, like, you must not be real. So I gave up on the faith, gave up on any idea of, like, God, um, and, you know, dove even deeper into my shit, really started, like, doing pills more, like, drinking more, going out more, um, smoking weed, probably at the same level, but just, like, adding in way more stuff and, like, really got into nicotine, Um, you know, I don't mean to be, like, bring up all these other substances, but they're definitely a part of my story, Um, but anyway, I, I, like, got in this, like, long story short, I got in this bike accident, like, right after, and none of it was my fault, and I ended up, like, getting a settlement, and I got, like, 15 grand in cash, and I was going to college, and I go to college in my city, because I had no, (laughs) this anxious kid, I'm not going to go to some random place that I don't know, I'm going to go to where it feels comfortable, which is where I live, Um, and so I'm going off to college, I have 15 grand in my back pocket, life was about to be what I thought, I thought it was going to be great. (laughs) I was like, oh, life is about to flip upside down. I'm about to live my life exactly how I've always wanted it. Like, you know, I've had to live with my mom and dad and they always put constrictions on me and like what I could do and what I couldn't do. 
And now I don't have that. I'm going to be in the dorms. I'm going to be, like, living on my own. Like, things are going to be great. Um, and they weren't. <laughs> um, I immediately, like, the first day, not even the first day, the night before the first day, before, like, my mom was going to help me move in, I went to a party and got, I blacked out on tequila and was definitely smoking a lot of weed and woke up, didn't get enough sleep, woke up and we were moving in. I was just throwing up the whole time and she was pissed. My mom was so angry at me. Um, and <laughs> it really was not a good, good thing. Um, and that was something I really had to make amends for. But anyway, like that was, that was the start of my college experience. And so I really started off with a bang. Um, and once I realized that I had all this money and that I could just spend it, I was like, why would I not spend it on the thing that I love the most drugs? Next thing I know, I'm like buying pills in bulk. I'm buying weed in bulk. I'm like, I'm going to like the nicer plugs. So I have like nicer weed because like I can, I started like using wax and this all lasted for about eight months not very long. I got through eight months of like my first semester failed every single class. Then my second semester, I was like, I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to like figure it out and like do the right thing. And this, I'm in mechanical engineering. And so having this balance of like having to focus all this mental energy on school, but also just wanting to get high and like not do any of my schoolwork, like none of it lined up. And my mind could not take it. Um, and, you know, a few pretty bad psychedelic trips and, like, a bunch of other just, like, random terrible things happening. Like, I'm, we got the cops called on us once, and they arrested my roommate, and I got, like, charged with, like, having weed and also underage with alcohol. Um, and, you know, hit this point where I – like I had the weight of all these things on me and I had no spiritual idea or like any outlet besides drugs and alcohol. And I just remember like day after day, I would like wake up, get high, go through my day, maybe go to class. I wouldn't eat anything. I couldn't eat because by this point we had completely flipped on me. In the first few months it was great and I could eat and I had all these things. I had friends and I had a social life. By this point, all of these things had diminished. I couldn't eat. My social life was thin. My anxiety was through the roof. Um, and so, like, all of a sudden, I kind of had this realization that, like, all of this shit had kind of flipped on me. But I couldn't really stop doing it because that was all I knew how to do was to just smoke weed all the time. Um, and so... I had this, I was hanging out with my roommate one night and we were watching this TV show where the main character dies and I sat there and I was really high and I was trying to think of what it would be like to be dead, like with my brain just being off and I, my brain was like screaming at me and it was just like, no, we can't think this, we can't think this. I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll stop thinking about it. But I was so high, and the weed had, like, just these years of, like, having never not smoked weed. Like, I just couldn't not think about it. It was all I could think about. And it eventually led to me 
wanting to kill myself and I didn't know what to do. And so I went to my dad's house and I just laid in my bed for three days straight. I went to patient first, they gave me Xanax, but, and I like was like, okay, cool. I could use some Xanax. But then also I was like, no, I know that there's something inside that like needs that like, that, like Xan, Xanax is not the way that's going to help me. Like I'd been abusing those for years. I knew that wasn't going to help me. And I'd like stop drinking. I'd stop vaping. It was just like, all I did was smoke weed. And I was like, well, this is what's going to help me. And that's what my dad was saying. And I was like, yeah, just smoke weed. You'll, you'll be fine. It, I wasn't fine. <laughs> I was anything but fine. And finally on the third day, I was like, mom, I got to go to the hospital. So she picks me up to go to the hospital and I'm talking to the, the therapist lady and she's like, hey, have you ever thought about not smoking weed? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, why would I do that? That makes no, like, it, it was just comical how foreign that idea was to me. Um, it, it made no sense. I was like, not get high. That's outlandish. Um, and so, but I felt so terrible that I had really had no decision, no other decision but to do this. So she gave me a list of things to do. I like went to this collegiate recovery thing and I started talking to this guy and he was like, hey, you should check out this local meeting we have. It's an MA meeting. I was like, cool, that's my problem. Like, yeah, I'll go to that. I go to the meeting, fell in love. It was a really great community. And again, like, you know, I kind of said, like, I lost my my social community that I had with weed and found MA. And MA was like, it was almost the same feeling that I had with weed where it was like, oh, I have this fix where, like, I mean, it wasn't very sudden like weed was, but it was still like I had I had a new community. I had a way to deal with my anxiety. I had a way to deal with, like, me not being able to eat. Um, and so I, like, stopped smoking weed. I, I relapsed once because I was just kind of unsure, and I was still hanging out with all my same friends. I relapsed, and coincidentally, it was also on 420. Um, cause I was hanging out there and I was like, well, what, I'm, I'm not going to, what do you mean? I'm not going to smoke on 420, even though I probably had like eight days sober. Um, I was like, ah, who needs that? Like I'm going to get high again. And immediately that time when I smoked, it was just pure anxiety. It, I didn't even feel high. I just felt this wave of anxiety crash over me immediately. Um, and that was the last time I smoked. Um, and you know, since then, being sober, it's really been like, a, it's really been a journey so far um, and a good one. I, you know, I, I dove into the steps pretty hard, um, started working on my fourth step within like my first two, maybe three months. Um, I think I'd finished the steps by the time I had like six months, seven months sober, um, which I think was really important. I really needed to get through all of that as fast as possible because I needed, I needed to feel better. Um, and I hit my pink cloud probably around like month three and I felt great. I was working a job that I really loved. I was like still not in school, but I was like hanging out with all my friends and like new friends going on trips that were sober, going on trips that weren't sober, but like being able to deal with it, having just like these amazing experiences 
Um, and that was my first year was just like going through these things and having these like really just like awesome times. Um, but around the 10th month, COVID hit and everything kind of flipped again. Um, and I, up to that point, I was getting really anxious and like needed kind of a change and COVID really helped me with that where I was able to like, I started doing a 90 and 90 again. I like went to 90 meetings in 90 days. I um, did all the things that I did when I first got sober and felt pretty good. And COVID was honestly like kind of a good wake up call for me to like really change some of what was going on. Ended up moving in with two, with what who was my first sponsor and then his roommate um, really got like to be friends with them and like found a new sponsor. And, um, and I've been living with one of them ever since then. And it has been really great. Um, I, I started meditating probably in my second year and my meditation practice has like really helped me to become emotionally stable um that was something that I never really had even as a kid um and that's something that's really helped me now and going through life and being able to just tackle things that I couldn't even imagine that I could get over um and you know for me like my first step was like pretty fucking easy like I could easily tell that I was powerless over weed and that it made my life unmanageable um second and third step were a bit weird I think I kind of didn't really grasp them all that much at first but you know after it's it's really been something that started to hit me recently that I've been able to lean on my higher power a lot more um and really have faith that like my higher power has a will for me and that there's and that there's a direction for me to go um because I really you know, even, even nowadays, I still kind of get off in my head and anxious about what the future is going to bring. But when I pray about it and I start to get to the bottom of those fears in my 10th step and pray to have those fears removed, I feel much better. Um, and so that's, that's been something that's, I've been putting into my practice lately. That's really helped me. Um, and obviously, like, the fourth and fifth step are, like, for my first time, it was pretty eye-opening. Um, after my fifth step and I did the meditation right after, I definitely felt, like, in contact with some higher power. And I think that was when my spiritual practice really began. Um, and it's really just grown since then. And I think that's, for me, that's, like, the biggest point of this program is that we find the spiritual way of living. Um and it's been just the thing that's really helped me the most is just being able to understand on like a fundamental level that like I will be all right. And with the help of my higher power and the program, like I will be able to get through things that I did not even understand how to get through ever in my life. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned like I was sexually assaulted um, and I've been able to really like grow in my relationships and it hasn't felt like growth until I started speaking about it right now. 
Um, but it really has been growth. I've been able to experience relationships in an entirely new way. Um, and, you know, I've had some bad moments. I've had some decent moments. I haven't really had super great moments, but I've had very good learning opportunities through all of it. And I've been able to pick up those pieces and learn from them and move forward and do the next right thing. And for me, that's the other big piece of this program is that, like, I tend to mess up on a daily basis. But when I'm able to look at those things, understand that they are just most of the time just growth opportunities and talk to someone about it, understand where I can do better in the future and start to apply that in the future, then I begin to grow. And I've really grown a lot in this program and I've been able to help other people grow. And that's the other important piece of this is that like I've had a spiritual awakening and all I really want in my life nowadays is to just like have help other people have that same thing. Um, because that's what has really saved me. And I know that that's what is kind of the key to all of this is like getting into that and having that spiritual awakening. Like that's where I've been able to experience the most growth and the most relief from my obsession to get high and to get drunk and to do things that are not good for me to do or that harm other people. Um, and Another big piece of my sobriety, too, was, like, making amends. I think that the making amends portion was, like, really important. I was able to make amends to my um, deceased grandmother. I, like, wrote her a letter, which was extremely helpful. Um, I made amends to this girl who I would harmed. And those two were, like, the two amends that really, I think, like, changed me for the better and made me realize that I have potential and that I'm not just like this piece of shit who can't, who can't have a good relationship with anyone or who can't, you know, really love anyone. Um, Cause that's how I felt when I came in. I felt unlovable. I felt just completely down in all areas of my life. And by the time I was able to go through the program and like learn all these things and grow, I was able to experience the fact that like, while I have done things that make me seem unlovable and like a piece of shit, I, those things aren't me. Those are just things that I did in the past and I'm able to learn from them and not do those things anymore. Um, so if you're new, get a sponsor, go to 90 meetings in 90 days, like make sure that you understand like your first step and like where you've been and like how you feel like you can move forward. Um, this program really helps you with that. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of all I got. I really appreciate y'all letting me speak tonight. Um, I hope y'all got something out of all of that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to pass it out with that. Thanks.